ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Sister Indira, how are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. And yourself? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. It's great to hear your voice, and you're sounding great. Let me get Brother Gary, and we'll be ready to roll. Everybody, welcome aboard. I'm excited to be here for another live program here on Thursday, August 10th, 2023. We've got special guest Evangelist Indira Prasad and Brother Gary Stafford coming up next. Please invite a friend. And uh, for those that would like to invite someone to tune into the show, all you got to do is just send them over to my website, omegamanradio.com. We have two players there, and they can choose. Uh, Brother Gary, welcome aboard, my friend. Well, I'm making treats, too. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to find some treats earlier here in my house. My brother was visiting. He bought some cookies, and he put them up on my refrigerator at the top. And I went to grab one today. I had a sweet tooth, and they were missing. I thought my children had raided them and got them, but Mama had them hid. But it's always good to have a snack somewhere. <laughs> um, well, got... I live by that. Amen. <laughs> we've got Sister Indira queued up, and uh, welcome back, Brother Gary and Sister Indira. Would you, uh, Sister Indira, would you like to open us up in prayer? Uh, definitely. Can you hear me? Because uh, you're very low. Oh, yes, ma'am. You're coming in good. Okay. Um, Excellent. Um, well, let's pray. Lord, you are the amplifier. We bless you and we praise you and give you thanks and honor and glory today, Lord. We thank you that we get to share of all the wonderful things that you have done for us. Hopefully, God, will encourage someone, build them up. Show them that they have a hope in the future and that all is well in the name of Yeshua. Amen. I say amen. amen. Sister Indira, <laughs> um, there may be a volume control on your side that will, you can turn up so that you can hear better. Um, do, we have you on, do we have you on Skype? Is that what you're using tonight? Skype? Yes. So see if there is a little Skype volume um meter at the bottom of your screen. Do you see one? Uh, well, first of all, can you hear me now better? Is it better? Uh, no, actually, you were better than last time, last way. How are you on? Okay. This is going to be a great show. I have... It's okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, all that, right, so... That's perfect. You sound perfect. Okay. 
All right. Well, I'll tell you so what. So the thing is, I can hear you. Yes. Um, very. It's very low. I can hear you, um, but it sounds short. But it's okay. We'll work with it. Okay. We'll work with what we got. It's all good. Now, let's see if you can hear Brother Gary. Brother Gary, speak to Indira for a moment. I'd like to speak to Indira for a moment. How about his level, Indira? Any difference? It sounds fine. It's okay. fine. Well, I think you'll be doing most of the talking anyway, so we'll be okay. As long as I can okay. tell you, the recordings will be great. Uh, Brother Gary, I'm going to turn it over to you. Welcome back. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, and good morning uh, and good day, uh, Indira, uh, and uh, fellow listeners, it's great to have you back with us. It's been a busy week, but we have not forgotten you as we have a gift of an awesome guest speaker, and uh, you have heard of her name, Indira, Indira Prasad. And the thing is, is that we had her on about a month ago, more or less, and uh, we were going through all kinds of situations with her husband being in the hospital. And uh, Indira, did Edgar come home? Edgar came home, but they went back oh. in again. Okay, and okay, so it's a little bit of an ongoing cycle, Gary. But we're coming to the, I believe, the end of the going backs and forth with the hospital. Oh wow, that's wonderful! Great news, and uh, I'd like to uh, uh, tell people that. Uh, uh, we are going to have a uh, a um, communion, worldwide communion, at the end of the program, and I'll have Indira, Indira uh, share a little bit about one of the experiences she had uh, during uh, taking communion, and uh, we'll talk about that later. And so we're going to have worldwide communion. So you may want to get some bread or a cracker and some grape juice or some wine or whatever you'll be using as the Lord is more concerned about a repentant heart than what's in the cup. So um, here we go. And to... um, Summarize in Dirichute, she was born and raised on the island of Trinidad, which is an island off the north coast of Venezuela. And uh, Indira, I didn't know that. And uh, your parents were from India and of the Hindu religion. And Indira was raised by her grandparents her grandmother being Hindu, and her grandfather being Catholic. Well, that's quite a mix. And uh, now Indira graduated from high school at the age of 16 and goes to New York City to further her education, staying with her mom, who lives there. 
Now, Indira, in the course of six months, you became not only born again, but you also became filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you tell us what happened? Well, that is an incredible story. Can you hear me well? Yes, ma'am. Beautiful. I figured out another way. God gives us brains and we use it. Ha ha. <laughs> I'm so excited, guys. Ah, hallelujah. So my my salvation with Jesus is very supernatural throughout my life growing up. I wasn't completely raised in Trinidad um, for the most part, yes, but not really. So the Lord, because of my upbringing, as my grandmother being Hindu and my grandfather being Catholic, what it did for me was um, in my belly I had a problem with worshipping idols and worshipping the sun, the moon, the stars. I, I just, it was in deep embedded in me, I believe, by God. So um, I went to Catholic school. I went to Catholic church. I I made First Communion. I had my confirmation. I was even given a new name, which was Cecilia. And I went, hmm. So one of the Catholic priests said, you know, I would make a great nun because I was very devoted. And I said, you're right. I am very devoted. I love God. But you see, when I come to your church, you worship these statues. And when I go home, they worship another set of statues. But I want to know who they serve. Who does these statues serve? Because they are like the middleman. And I don't, we're business people, we don't deal with the middleman. So when I find out who this God really is, I will serve him. Now, in the Catholic Church, you know, there's a statue of Jesus on the cross. And then, of course, there's one with the resurrected Jesus. And then there's a baby in the manger. I was always drawn to that. And the Lord really had me reading the Old Testament. So as I'm reading the Old Testament, I'm seeing what that God didn't like. And I'm saying, oh, my gosh, we're doing all that stuff. Actually, I wasn't, but the family was. I tried to get out of it. That's the truth. So I realized, God, I need to know who you are, who you really are, and you I will serve. Um, I also had, my sister-in-law had a friend who was Jehovah Witness. And as a young girl, they know they have nice storybooks. I like the storybooks. We were invited to one of their meetings. And they started talking about the 144,000. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I don't know what kind of God this is, you know, with his math. But surely he has already filled that quota. So this is not right. So my sister-in-law's friend gave me a Jehovah Witness Bible that was brand new. My ministry is called Supernatural Living for a reason, because throughout my life, that's how I lived, in the supernatural, in supernatural encounters with God, where God protected me from things and other things. So I got this brand new Bible. I waited till everybody was not home. I got up very religious. I got on my knees and I decided to open the Bible to read it. The moment I opened the Bible and I started reading, I heard a voice out of my belly say, this is not the word of God. Well, I, I, I totally freaked out. Like, what? I, I shut the book. 
And I opened the book again to read it. And the second time, a little more stronger, this voice out of my belly said, this is not the word of God. So once again, I shut the book. I got up. I looked around the house to see maybe uh, one of the cousins came home and they were like, you know, trying to play a trick on me. There was nobody in the house. So I did it a third time. And the third time it happened again. And I said, oh, well, this is not the word of God. So the man came over the next day. I wanted to know how I liked the book. And I, I stood in front of him. I must have been about maybe 12 years old, 13 probably. And I looked at him and I started tearing the book up, this brand new book that he gave me. He says, what are you doing? I said, listen, this is what happened. And I'm going to tell you, this is not the word of God. And I will not be responsible for you giving it to somebody else. He said, what, are you crazy? You people worship demons. How do you know what is real and what is not? I said, just by your answer you just gave. I personally don't worship demons, but you are correct. I see things, I hear things, but because I have that knowledge, I can tell you, this is not the word of God. And I handed him the book. So my salvation, um, sort of like it was um, gradual, so to speak. The Lord made sure I had good knowledge of the first five books of the Old Testament. Um, then I had I had entered a Christian intervarsity um, group in school, in high school. Beautiful. I My cousins, we were all involved with it. You know, you can be in a nice Christian group, but just not totally committed to God or really knowing Jesus. And if to any leaders out there who may hear this, I want to encourage you. You need to make sure your students really understand when you're sharing the gospel, if they really get it. Um, so I, I, I felt good. I felt peaceful. I said the prayers. Did I mean it? I don't know. But I took part in all the evangelism, prayed for the sick, sang, did plays, did all those great things. I think part of my head was I was going to get a good grade, but also I loved the fellowship. When I graduated, I got a beautiful diploma that said Ambassador for Christ. And I looked at it and I went, hmm, this is a nice piece of paper, but I don't know what I'll ever do with it. And I put it aside. So I went to visit my sister in Florida, and uh, we decided to go visit a church. The night before going to this church, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw two coffins. No, there was one coffin. I'm sorry, one coffin. There were two people dressed in black robes and one dressed in a white robe. One of the guys, a guy and a woman dressed in black. The guy in black took a dagger and he killed the woman in white, in the white outfit, and tossed her into the coffin. Everything went pitch black because it was black on black. Everything was dark. And I'm observing the scene. And they're laughing, this wicked laugh. Then the guy who was dressed in black turned around and killed his friend, supposedly also in black, and tossed her into this coffin. Well, out of nowhere, lightning came from the sky and went right through him, and he got into this box. And then the dream transitioned, and I was in hell. And it was terrible. Really bad. I mean, uh, but people were um, saying, what, what am I doing here? I'm a good person. I haven't done anything wrong. There's no reason for me to be here. 
And this again goes back to youth leaders and people. When you're giving an altar call and when you're a teaching, when you're training, if you have a student with you for a period of time, make sure they understand what you're really sharing. So I thought I was a good person because I did good things, right? I saw people get healed in the name of Jesus, and I didn't know Jesus the way I know him now. He wasn't my Lord and Savior. He wasn't my only Lord and Savior, I should say. He was a Savior, but not the Savior. So I saw miracles happen at the name of Jesus. So here I am in hell. I'm going, what am I doing here? I'm a good person. And this is all this, this torment and all these things going on. And then all of a sudden, I felt like I was in a drain. I could see water in the sink and I could see a, a hole. And the water started swirling. As it started swirling, I realized I'm going to go down that drain. And if I go down that hole, I will die forever. So I started calling on every God that I knew their name, including saying the Hail Mary and whatever else I had in my back pocket that came to mind. And finally, I cried out, Jesus, help me. And I was out of the dream. The next day, I was so shaken. I'm like, oh, my God. So the next morning now, here's morning time. We're going to this church, my sister and myself. I don't know the church. I've never been there. She's never been there. We walk in the door, and the worship team's doing praise and worship. A trumpeter got up, and he blew his trumpet. And he blew that trumpet with such a sharp note. That note pierced my heart, and I knew I needed to make Jesus my only Lord and Savior. That night, and I did, so that night, and I, first of all, thank you, Lord, I renounced all other gods and chose him and him alone. That night, I had another dream. In the dream, I was like a little girl. I was wearing this beautiful choir robe. You know, it was uh, off-white with a gold um, go strap around it's really pretty and I was sit, singing in a choir and I had for some reason pigtails well I flew, flew to, I flew to New York to live with my mom and she had started going to this church in Bay Ridge that Sunday when I went they had an opening in the choir in the very same position I saw in the dream and I saw that same robe that I saw in my dream so at that point I really committed my life to the Lord. So that is my my salvation uh, story. Wow. Wow. I, I realized that uh, you'd come to, uh, from Trinidad and, and, and uh, other areas and so forth, but you came at 16 to see your mom, and uh, you were an excellent student, and you craved an education, both, I'd say, in education in music. And uh, you want to share what, uh, you, what happened when you came to uh, stay with your mom? Sure. So I actually, um, it was, I was 18. And um, I was going to do photography uh, because I had started doing that. Of course, um, I did. I started doing music at the Brooklyn Conservatory of Music. 
And um, I had a friend who I was always involved in the arts. So the, my brain, the way it works, God is so great. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you're left brain or right brain. The good news is you are all brain. So I was good at science and I was good at the arts. And uh, I got a scholarship to go to FIT, the Fashion Institute, in which I started now, going. Now, some people wouldn't know fit uh, FIT, but that's Fashion Institute of Technology, one of the best schools in in New York area uh, and probably the country uh, where you can get an education and they don't take just anybody. You have to qualify. So tell them what you did. The truth is I just submitted an application. That was it. You know, when you are, my other parts of my education was when you graduate uh, in the Caribbean under the British systems, your diplomas are from Cambridge University and London University. So I did have, with London, I did have um, one in the arts. And with Cambridge, I had science and art. So I did have something in play, but I honestly, the Lord did this whole thing. I honestly it happened because I was saying, how did I get this? You know, and I did. So what I, what I went in there to learn was textile designing, which is whatever you put on the fabric, the designs that you would see on, uh, you know, bed sheets, clothing, curtains. There's a designer that put that there. And I was one of those. And then I, I was wow. further going to go into do fashion merchandising and buying, but it was God's favor. You know, when God's got plans for you, everything he uses. So, now, what, what else happened while you were there at the Fashion Institute of Technology? Um, well, I did a lot of stuff. Uh, they, they had different classes that you could get involved in. Um, one of them that was pretty new agey, and I, I got in the room and went, this is not for me. I'm dead. I'm done. You guys can have it. I modeled um, Indian clothes and different things. Um, but, Gary, I have a feeling you have something in mind that you'd like me to share. Would you help me out here? Well, I yes. I, uh, I, I, I want to uh, take uh, you. Um, and, and, you know, there was a spiritual experience that you went uh, and you were going to church for choir practice, if I recall correctly. And uh, <laughs> there was a, oh, you got to church and, and the phone rang and you got a phone call to take. And uh, you, uh, you know, there was a woman going demonically, uh, going through a situation and you uh, suddenly responded. That's correct. So we had, I think it was Tuesday night, we had choir practice. And I got over there. There's a prayer line. There's usually people answering the phones. I'm still technically a baby Christian, but I do know quite a bit of the word. I believe Jesus is who he said he is. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I believe when he says, I give you all authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions, you know, you drink any deadly thing and it will not. Well, I'm telling you, 
Oh, go ahead. So I, I just said, okay, God, I have authority over all things. I believe the word and still do. Uh, and I love to pray for people. So the phone rang and there was nobody there. I was early for practice. I figured I'll answer the phone. Well, they usually kind of train you to be on that phone and there's good reason. I didn't have the training. So a lot of my episodes of life and my encounters with life has been Holy Spirit 101. So I answered the phone and this woman was screaming at the top of her lungs. And she said, there's blood all over my room. Oh, you know, and she starts telling me about all these demonic things. Well, I just did what the word said in the name of Jesus. I bound the spirit and commanded it to stop and go away. I led her through a repentance prayer for anything that she was involved in. I mean, this is really God because I didn't know how I even knew how to do that. And um, and I, I commanded it not to come back, that demon. Well, the blood that she was seeing on the walls all disappeared. And she was free. I... And she was <laughs> Yes. I, but I... then. Go ahead. But then, Gary, that night, that night, I had just gotten the baptism of speaking in the Holy Spirit. And that night, I had a visitation of one of those demons that left. And that thing grabbed my throat. I was gagging. I couldn't breathe. And again, you know, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get the words out of my mouth to say, Jesus, help me. And I just got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And all I remember saying, ha, ba, 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 ba. And the thing let go. Yeah. It let go of my throat. So. um, Go ahead. So, Amen. So the Lord teaches you, you know, and then he teaches you. So you learn some good lessons along the way. <laughs> but she was yeah. free. That woman was really free. <laughs> Fellow listeners, Jeff realized this woman had been saved just a short period of the time. And when this phone call came in, she was, I believe, 17 years old, and I asked her, I said, well, how many times have you taken a phone call like that? And she said, I've never done this before in my life. And this was the first deliverance of my life. How about that? Mm -hmm. You stand on the word and you say, yes, Lord, and the Lord can use you in an awesome, awesome way. And, uh, you know, she had stepped out in faith and uh, lovingly provided the way. Maybe some of you should step out in faith and see what God will do through you. You know, you will be amazed at what he will do through you if you just say, yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. I, I am uh, blown away, Indira, because I never thought I ever had the, the strength or the um, uh, power and authority to do what you did. But you walked your talk and you used the power of God within you, newfound, 
newfound power. And uh, I remember that uh, it was it was going through your family, and 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 you had a, a son, Robert, who uh, was age nine, and he had a condition. I don't know what it was, but he was going blind, and you decided in your thirties to take him to uh, Benny Hinn in a miracle service, and they had a bus weaving the church or the town, and and uh, you and uh, and Robert were on the bus. Tell us about that. Well, my son reminded me he wasn't nine, he was 12. He was 12 years old when this happened. Um, so when oh. Robert, Robert had eye issues, when he was around five years old is when we discovered it. He had a double astigmatism, and the doctor said uh, he would go blind. There was no cure for it. My husband told the doctor, <coughs> you are wrong. He will not go blind. He, his eyes will be healed. As a matter of fact, it's already healed in the name of Jesus. We serve a miracle-working God. Well, when Robert first started wearing glasses, it was uh, very thick, very, very, very thick. And each year it got thinner and thinner. But Robert is a very active young man. So he kept breaking his glasses. And for those of you who wear glasses, be healed in the name of Jesus. If you have to wear glasses, see better. Amen. Well, Robbie kept breaking his glasses. These things are expensive. Like, so when he was around 12, maybe, yeah, he was already in his 12th birthday. Um, he broke his glasses again. And I said, Robert, he says, Mom, I see you praying for people. I see them getting healed. I believe Jesus is going to heal my eyes. Don't buy me another pair of glasses. So I had a moment to really think, and I'm like, okay, I'll give you three months. If three months comes and you don't get it, which is a long time, three months, I will, I will get you. You have to get new glasses. So coming around to the end, close to that three months factor, my mother-in-law came to visit. And she wanted to go see Ben Hinn. Well, I said, okay, we can get you. There's a bus going from the church to Ben Hinn. You can we'll get you on it. And she says, no, 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 no. I want all of us to go. And we went, okay. So we spoke to the bus people. We end up in the VIP spots. How has that happened? And that must be God all by itself. So here we are. We're going on this bus to Florida, the other end of Florida, Ultimate Springs, which is where they were at that time. And I start seeing this beautiful vision of this majestic bird. The feathers on the bird was gold and it was silver the most finest gold and silver you could ever see. And the bird spread out his wings. And as he spread out his wings, oil was dripping from it. And I went, wow, a lot of people are going to get healed tonight. So we got there. We, our seats were up on the loft. And during the worship, you know, everybody's worshiping the Lord. And my mother-in-law said to him, my son, he said, Robbie, put your hands up and praise the Lord. Well, he put his hands up to praise the Lord. And while he was doing that, he turned around. He looked at me and says, Mom, God, Jesus just healed my eyes. I said, how do you know that? He said, my eyes are on fire. So I called the usher and they brought a Bible. 
they bought a very fine print Bible, and he read it. He was reading it as normal. So, yes, his eyes got healed, and Benny called him up and prayed for him. So um, the Lord healed his eyes. But the faith was out of the child's mouth. Mom, don't buy me any more glasses. God's going to heal my eyes. He had seen so many miracles. The point is, we have to believe what the book says. We have to believe if God said something, he will do it. You know, you know, the thing is, is that Robert, some years later at age 18, I think, and he correct me if I'm wrong, he had a serious car accident, and the car was wedged between two trees. And the rescue crews had to cut Robert out of the car, and they rushed him to the local hospital with serious injuries. And you called your pastor, or a pastor, and and you got to the hospital as quickly as you could. And and what was what was the story? I understand he was paralyzed from the neck down. This is a true story. So he, yes, he was wedged. Something went wrong with the car, and it just automatically turned, and he went into the two trees. And I believe they, the drugs of life came. They had to cut him out. They took him to the closest hospital, and I was told he would be paralyzed from neck down. When I saw him, he was uh, on a board, and his neck was secured. His whole body was secured. And I said, I started praying. I pray in tongues a lot. And I would encourage you that it is God's love language to us. It is his personal language between him and his children, who he loves. And if you do speak in tongues, practice it and ask the Holy Spirit to pray to you God's heart. So I started praying in tongues and I said, Lord, I, you know, what, what, what is happening here? This is not going to happen. So I call, I did call my pastor at the time I was, our pastor was Mahesh Chavda, and he was in a meeting. Normally, they don't leave meetings and come for anything, but for whatever reason, he did, and I thank God for that, because it was moral support. I wasn't looking for the pastor to have the super anointing, did not. I just knew I needed somebody there with me, and I thank God so much. Pastors, if your people call you, you know your people. Please show up, because God knows. The power of two agreeing, touching, asking the father of anything he will grant it is very real. So he came down and he looked at me and said, this is pretty serious. I said, yes, it is. But then before we could even pray, because he was praying before I was praying, we looked at Robert's chest and from his neck all the way down to his torso beyond his belly button, we started seeing gold dust forming on him. And the funny thing is, we were both seeing it, but we're thinking, man, maybe we're, maybe we're nuts. Maybe we're just seeing things, you know. So finally I said, um, I'm seeing something on his chest. Are you seeing something? He goes, I was too, but I didn't want to say nothing. So we both saw the glory of God in the form of gold dust all over Robert's chest. And next thing you know, Robert started moving his arms. He started moving his legs. He started moving his neck. So we called um, we called the nurse to come in, and they were like, what's happening? I said, well, he's moving. Well, what do you mean he's moving? He's paralyzed some neck down. I said, no, he's not. He's healed in the name of Jesus. 
So they ran him in and took a whole bunch of more tests. They couldn't believe what they were reading. They sent it to the other side of the country. So within two or three hours, rather than Robert going to a rehab for somebody who was paralyzed from neck down, he walked out the door. And that's the amazing God that we serve. He hears. Awesome thing. Awesome thing. But the Mm -hmm. thing is, is that you're talking about God doing things through Robert, and you once told me about Nadira when you were coming back from uh, Florida, I think it was, and you uh, were riding in a van, and uh, your oldest daughter, Nadira, was riding in the front seat of this van, and uh, you're... You, you see a situation, it's bad weather, and uh, you uh, you uh, just, you, you, there's a, a rear-ending of the car or the van, and, and uh, what happens? Well, we were, Edgar and I were youth group leaders for a church for many years. And to all you youth group leaders, you will always be youth group leaders. It's in your blood. Um, so we, we went to this uh, thing called Rocky Universe, where Universal Studios would shut down the park for Christians, have a Christian weekend. On looking at the weather coming home, I saw a lot of rain, and I asked the Lord, should we stay or should we go? Well, he didn't answer me. So if he didn't answer me, I think, and then the kids were pressuring to head school and whatever. Um, so we, we moved forward. It was terrible rain. It was a 16 passenger van. And we were in coming around this turn in Georgia, which I found that is called Dead Man's Curve. So, um, as we turned the corner, we saw a, a huge car pileup of accidents ahead. The driver of our van, was able to stop the van so we don't hit anybody. But the guy behind us couldn't stop. And he rammed right into that 16-passenger van full of youth, as well as myself and my assistant. Robert was sitting in the back. So whoever sat in the back took the brunt of the hit. And he screamed out once again. He screamed out, I can't feel anything. I can't move. So my daughter, Nadira, his sister, uh, she was in the seat behind me. She crawled over and she laid hands on him and prayed for him and bound the spirit of paralysis and released the healing power of Jesus on him. And she said, you are healed in the name of Jesus. And then he started moving around again. So, you know, think about it. This is the second time the enemy has tried to paralyze him. But she had the word of faith to know immediately, I'm going to do this, and I expect it to happen, and it did. How so old again, was Nadira at the time? I think she was about um, 16. I think she was My about God. 16. But Nadira's being being here is another story of God's plan for this child. And then we have another miraculous, I have three miraculous children, and each one of them, there is so many great things to tell about them, how God saved them, how God used them. You know, today when I was praying for this program, I got uh, 
Isaiah 43:19, where I heard the Lord saying, see, I'm doing a new thing. And God's doing a new thing in everyone that's listening here. And the, the thing is, God, open my eyes to see what this new thing is, you know. So, Lord, we thank you for that. And, and the thing was, I saw I saw uh, a spring, a spring coming up out of the ground where there were no springs before. And it's a refreshing. It's a refreshing. It's a resetting. It's a doing over. But the refreshing is coming from the Lord. Like with Robert, we didn't have a chance to lay hands on him. But we were praying separately, my pastor and myself. But the Lord heard the prayer of our heart. And he knows what plans he has for Robert. God knows what plans he has for you. The word never said that we will not have trouble. It'll come, but we we overcome them all. You know, Jesus is with us all the time. We're never, ever, ever alone. You said that right, because you were in a hospital with pain shooting through some part of your body, and uh, that was back in, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, 2015, and you had about with kidney stones. Could you share just a little bit about that? Uh, yes. So it was actually 2000, I believe, 19. Um, oh, okay. I- well, let's say the 2000s, and we'll get all the numbers right. Praise God. Um, I, yes, I developed kidney stones. At the point, at that moment, I had, was working at the church. Um, when you work at, you know, in the church office, you are interceding, you're working. It's, it, you know, you're always, you're always fully engaged. So I developed kidney stones. I end up having three procedures. During those three procedures, the first one, um, I had um, I'd gone into the hospital and was waiting for them to see what would happen, you know, what exactly, where is this stone, you know. As I'm laying there, I had a moment. Everybody has a moment where they feel when they're going through things and you go, God, where are you? I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this. Now, I used to work in that hospital. I knew quite a few people. I knew how, it, how things went. and. Uh, I'm telling the Lord, I'm very nervous. There's another side that I've never shared with you guys about things that have happened to me that concerning sexual abuse. So that area of my body, I had issues, you know, there was just things. So I'm asking the Lord, I said, Father, you know, I'm really nervous about this. So this nurse comes in. She's dressed in green scrubs. And she looks at me and she said, hi, my name is Grace. Um, I will be in the, I will be in the oil with you and everything is going to be okay. And she touched my arm. Well, when she touched my arm, I went out like a light. I woke up in recovery as I'm coming out of recovery after the procedure. And the recovery nurse said, Shabbat Shalom. So I looked at her and I went, Shabbat Shalom. It was Friday. So what we do celebrate Shabbat, Friday to Saturday. And I said, Shabbat Shalom. She said, I loved having you as a patient. So she said, um, I said, okay. So now I'm really wondering what happened. She said, while you were under anesthesia, you preached the full gospel to everybody that was in that OR. You prayed for the sick. You told them all about the Jewish Messiah. And you led them all to the Lord. 
I said, wow, do people really do stuff like that under anesthesia? What about that guy? There was another guy in there. Oh, he thought he was flying over the buildings. So, yes, things do happen when people, but you shared the gospel. So just think, out of the in my innermost being, my heart and my thoughts was about the Lord. And you yield to the Holy Spirit. When you say, Holy Spirit, my life belongs to Jesus. It belongs to God. And I give you permission to be Lord of my life. He takes it seriously. So I guess he did then. So fast forward, we're leaving recovery now and getting ready to leave. So there's another nurse that attends to you. So this other nurse, she said, my name is Grace. I went, oh, wow, I need two Graces in one day. And she looked at me. She looked very different. She goes, no, there's only one Grace here. I said, I promise you, I met a Grace a few hours ago. She goes, no, my name is Grace. I'm the only Grace here. I've been here for 20 20 years. And my head, I'm thinking, well, she does need some Grace. She was really annoyed. So um, I said, well, you have floater nurses coming. She goes, there were no floater nurses today. And at that point, my, my daughter and myself, the youngest daughter and my friend, looked at each other and we realized it was an angel named Grace. And then you fast forward oh. a little further. So, so they, we discovered three kidney stones and they set a date for the removal. For the removal, I had to go to another uh, uh, county. At, the, at that county now, which was a month later, they tried to do a procedure to get the stones to pass on its own. It did not. So a month later, I'm going into another hospital, another county, to have it removed. So after it was done, once again, recovery, I'm in recovery, and I hear that nurse crying. And I said, are you okay? She said, you just told me my whole life story. And then God told me everything's going to be okay. Just give my life to Jesus and all will be well. I used to be a Christian and and I'm sorry and I want to give my life to the Lord. I said, well, you do what he tells you to do. That's very good. And I fell asleep. I started to open my eyes and there was this other nurse sitting on a stool next to me. And this was a male nurse and he had um, he had on purple scrubs. He didn't say anything, but he just kept looking at me and he had such compassion such compassion in his eyes and he had his hand on my arm and I fell back asleep when I woke up again the recovery nurse was back in the room I said oh who is that nurse that was in here that guy with that purple scrub she goes there was no other nurse in here it's just me you know and today is not purple day today is blue scrubs day see I'm wearing blue I said well there was a man in here and he had on purple scrubs and he was sitting on a stool and she goes, there's no stool in this room. <laughs> so that's when I realized I he was so compassionate. The only thing I could summarize is he was an angel of mercy. And if you think about Psalm 23, it says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I met grace and I met mercy. You know what? I it brings to mind verse uh, thirty-four seven in Psalms, where the angel of the Lord encamps around those who are uh, who fear the Lord. Uh, some, you know, that's 
showing reverence to him. So uh, it's uh, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and they show reverence to him. Yes, it says nothing about being, (laughs) about seeing him. Okay, let me take you to Hebrews 13, verse 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels while not knowing it. <laughs> All right, I, I just, I... I, I think of you half the time when I read that because of the experiences that you've had. And now is a, a time to give them an opportunity to invite Jesus into their life because you know what? I got to age 44. And I had never been asked to give my life to the Lord. Well, you talk about a late bloomer, I was. And and the thing is, is that uh, it's it's very simple, but I never knew that. And they, they say that if you listen to John 3.16... For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but what? But have eternal life. I didn't know it was a gift. I didn't know that you were to Invite Jesus into your heart because he will not go where he's not invited. And I went, oh, my God, help me. And uh, he did. So at the age of 44, I gave my life to the Lord. And, uh, you know, somebody said to me, well, what do you got to do? to get born again or saved. And I said, well, it says in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth, oh, that's the way you do it? Yes. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, and we know that was the third day, you shall be saved. My God, I didn't know that either. And you know there are listeners that are listening to this program. You think it's by accident. It's by God's perfect plan. And uh, it says for... With the heart, man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth, there's that mouth again, he confesses, resulting in what? Salvation. 
that's being born again. That's being saved. And if you've never, ever given your life to the Lord, this is the time because you don't know what tomorrow holds. All right? So let's do that. Those who have never given their life to Jesus Christ and invited him in to your heart as your Lord and Savior, let's do that now. Oh, Heavenly Father. That's right. Go ahead. Say it with me. Oh, Heavenly Father. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, that he died on the cross for my sins. That's right, he did. And that conquering death, he rose again on the third day to sit at the right side of God the Father. Of my own free will, that has to be included. Of my own free will, I invite Jesus into my heart to be my Lord and Savior, and I will live the rest of my life for his glory. If you said that for the first time, you have made the most powerful decision in your entire life because you've opened up your heart to receive Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the begotten Son of God, and invited him into your heart. Now, where is he? He's that close. And you heard what Indira had to say. When she needed help, she just cried out, Oh God, oh Lord Jesus. And things were transformed. And then so it shall be with your life. You saw the power that her son Robert and uh, her daughter had, and you you saw that it wasn't because of this awesome woman of Indira. Well, I want you to know that we're also going to be taking worldwide communion. And uh, Indira, you were taking communion and reading about the crucifixion of Christ when suddenly, yeah, suddenly you find yourself standing before Christ. What do you do? 
Well, the Lord told me, he said, my people pray by my stripes that they're healed. But they do not really understand what it is. And I will show you. And uh, I was with him from the Garden of Gethsemane to the cross. I saw when they started beating him. When the first whip went down, his back split open all the way to the bone. And he said, by that, you're healed. I saw when they pulled the beard out of his face, there was so much hate. And he said, by that, you are healed. I saw when they put the crown of thorns. And I've been to Israel. I saw that tree. It is like nails. So to even make that crown, they must have really gotten hurt. And they jammed it into his head. And he said, by that, you're healed. When I saw from the beatings, you know, they put his robe back on his back. So we have open wounds, open flesh, and how painful that was. And he said, by that, you're healed. At some point, they pulled it off of him, and it just, more raw flesh, painful. But he never said a word, because he did it for, he took it for us. And he said, by that, you're healed. I saw when they put the nails in his hand and the nails in his feet. He says, by that, you're healed. And then I saw when they took the spear and stabbed him under his ribs and water and blood came out. And he said, by that, you're healed. If someone was to do a study in all the different areas where Jesus was wounded, it covers all sickness and disease. It covers mind issue. You know, it covers everything. He covered it all. And he took it for us. Because that was the enemy's plans for us. So his word says in Hebrews, he took it once and for all. So he's that high priest who knows and familiar with everything that we're going through. Everything. Because by his wounds, we are healed. I'm saying this very calmly, but watching that, I had, I was weeping profusely. We were actually on the way to church and my husband was driving and I was crying so hard. He said, oh my gosh, he's crying because we're going to be late for church. I said, no, that's not what's happening and I can't even explain it to you. It was a good while after before I could even talk about it. So if you're wounded physically, mentally, spiritually, I want to tell you, by his stripes you are healed. Let him heal you. I could tell you all kinds of angel stories. Of, well, of we and that's going... another show. But for <laughs> this one, and for those who are yes. hurt, just yield to Jesus. Let him be the only Lord and Savior of your life and see what happens. Amen. Read the book. you got to read the book because it's God's love letters to us. Well, I, uh, I want to take us to 1 uh, Corinthians 11. 
verses mm-hmm. 23 through 26, because we don't make this up. This is all scriptural. Amen. And the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do you take your bread now, please, or cracker? I have a cracker. And uh, let us take this together, because he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us do that now. Mm. Thank you, Lord. And yes, by your stripes, as Endeavor said, we are healed. Then, in the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant. In my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, and he's coming a lot sooner than you thought. Let us take it now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. My sins are washed clean by the blood of the Lamb of God. Washed clean. Thank Thank you, Lord. Lord. And remember no more. Oh, thank you, Lord. And Indira, yes. we had not told them how they can get a hold of you because you are a precious, precious friend and a precious, precious source of the Word of God. Can you give your website out? I can give you my email. It is supernatural okay. living. It is supernatural living at gmail.com. Okay. And if there's any other way that uh, we can uh, contact you, uh, bring it forth and, and uh, tell us what we can do. And I tell you what. Um, I, I, is your website still in being? Yes, it's still in being. It, with my uh, things right now with my husband, and that's taken up quite a bit of time. But the good okay, news is, well, once, once it happens, yeah. it'll be well. They can reach me on Facebook too, so it's good there. Okay. And uh, I tell you, uh, this is Gary Stafford. Uh, Pastor, uh, justintimeministries.com, 
And uh, I have had people send Indira or other people uh, information which I forward to them by hand or if it's a distance by uh, email. And uh, just know the word will get to them. So justintimeministry.com and Brother Shannon, we've used up the time. <laughs> what a powerful show today. And um, Sister Indira, I want to hear more from you. Um, please come back soon. Brother Gary, get her back on uh, when she's available. And, oh, uh, we've only heard a portion oh, of yes. the story. <laughs> I want to hear more. What a powerful testimony right. you have. And um, <laughs> what shall we title the show for tonight? What would you like to put on the title? Well, hallelujah. Yes, go ahead. He, <laughs> he said, behold, I do new things. I love that. God's doing so new things. Behold, I do new things, said the Lord. Or, God is doing new things. And that Thank was you, Isaiah forty three nineteen. you gave us, right? Yes, yes it was. And as we're closing, anything else the Lord would like to say tonight? Yes. Um, again, during what I was sharing about what the Lord gave me for today uh, or tonight, depending where you are, he loves you. Jesus loves you. You have a father, which is a true and living God, loves you. When you accept Jesus as your only Lord and Savior, and key word is only, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, and you are never alone. But there are new things happening for people uh, that's been really devastated and wondering, how did this work out? I literally did see springs coming up out of the ground, natural springs. So there may be people who live in an area where there are natural springs, where the ground has been dry, and God's going to provide water for you. There are dryness in the spirit where you've just been walking and I just really discourage. I want to encourage you. Read the book. Stay in the Psalms if you need to. Encourage yourself in the Lord because God is doing new things. And my prayer is, God, open the eyes of our hearts that we may know, that we may see those new things. We may know the hope to which we're called, that we will have the revelation of who you are. And thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing and all that you're going to do, because you are truly a God of hope. Amen. Amen. And then that was Isaiah... 40, I believe it's Isaiah 4319. 4319. Okay, I, I got it wrong. Okay, thank you. I received well, that. God bless you, sister. And maybe Indira. one, day we, one oh. day we may do that whole episode and all the angelic encounters. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, it's right. a wild ride. <laughs> Brother Gary? Amen. God bless, and we're running late. Get sister. So, okay. uh, thank you, Shannon. Brother Gary, get Sister Indira to come back and do that show on the uh, angelic visitations. It'll be awesome. Thank you, Indira. Thank you, Brother awesome. Gary. Awesome. Love y'all. Okay, shalom, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. Wow. Praise God. Let's get Brother John Terrell on. We're dialing now. Powerful word tonight. Testimony. I'm going to refresh mix up. 